Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good, Luke, because we at the time of recording, are a mere 16 patrons away from our 750 patron goal, where, upon reaching, we will start weekly NXT reviews of Wrestle Ramble. No, that's the wrong way around. We'll do weekly Wrestle Ramble reviews of NXT. NXT. Yes. Imagine if NXT (laughs) reviewed Wrestle Ramble. Who would you want from NXT to review Wrestle Ramble? Mostly William Regal. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Pete Dunne just being quite silent. Good, actually. I think yeah. they're pretty bloody good, these lots. Uh, do, you, uh, do you do a better impression than I do? <laughs> Who's, whose impression is this? I've no idea. I don't know, it sounds like someone. Uh, it's a bit cockney it's for anything. A bit, it's a bit EastEnders, isn't it? It's a bit EastEnders, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, so we're very close to our Patreon goal, so please head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. And if you want to be one of our $25 and above, you'll get a shout-out in next month's podcast, uh, which you'll hear in this show, where we give people cheap pops unless we pull out the Hall of Fame ring again. Yes. And uh, if you didn't get a shout-out, and you should have done, let us know, yep. because Patreon have changed the way... They do everything, and, and it's screwed up our logs. I had a, such a good system in place. You had some great logs. I did, the, the yeah. best of logs. And, uh, yeah, Patreon have managed to mess that all up for me, so good work, you mm. guys. They say they think about creators, <laughs> but not the goddamn logs. No, but it's the same with YouTube. They've they always got the creators in mind. The ones that are at the tippity-top of their creators, that's yeah. who they have in mind. And the people down the bottom, they couldn't give two Fs about uh, yeah, so um, yeah, go go down on Patreon. We will be pestering you again at the end, <laughs> just to remind. So you. if you enjoy your Patreon plugs, <laughs> oh, you've got a few of them today. Uh, would you like a Russell talk get better? Of course I would. So this comes from Russell Abercrombie. Hello, Luke Brackett and Dolly. I just wanted to give you a quick Russell talk get better update. Now this is a really funny. Uh, I like this because he starts off the email to cut an extremely long story short and then writes eight paragraphs. Oh. So, that is, uh, that is a long email. Yes. To cut an extremely long story short, I've been in back-to-back-to-back pretty toxic relationships. I work about two hours travel away in the big smoke of Glasgow with my extremely busy office, plus packed bus and train journeys really exacerbating my deteriorating mental health. Mm. I live in a wee village outside of Kilmarnock, for non-locals the 15th biggest town in Scotland, and that chain change every day from peace to the craziness of working in Scotland's biggest city was hard to deal with. I thought he just said 15th biggest city. 
No, because he, he lives just outside of Kilmarnock, but he's travelling into Glasgow. Ah, uh, right, okay. I had been putting on weight and was at one point sitting at 16 stone. Hearing you both talk about eating healthier and exercising more, followed by the great stories from other listeners, really urged me to get healthier. So I started eating a wee bit better and started cutting out fizzy drinks. The weight started dropping off, and the thing that helped me a lot was the discovery of South African's tea, Yerba Mate. Oh my god. Yerba Mate. Yerba Mate tea. Yeah? Which should be drunk through a, a weird straw, and I've got one. <laughs> uh, it tastes horrible. Oh yeah. I'm glad you like it, Russell. But uh, oh, it tastes like flaxseed oil. <laughs> oh, God, I could. I tried so hard. It might be the most hipster thing you've ever yeah, said in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'll find it actually tastes like uh, flaxseed oil. Flaxseed oil, uh, or just bat piss. I don't know what <laughs> bat piss. I don't know what piss tastes like. Yeah. But, but flaxseed ma- oil is the closest thing in my head that tastes like piss. It's naturally high in caffeine. This is back to Russell mm-hmm. here. It's naturally high in caffeine and doesn't have the same come down as coffee or energy drinks. E.g., it's also an appetite suppressant, so that helps yes. in terms of eating too much. I brew it in my loose. Le- I brew it in my loose leaf teapot with some fresh ginger and a slice of lemon. <laughs> Check out Russell. For me, Russell talk get better. I think What's- that makes you the healthiest person in Scotland. In my- <laughs> it's brewed with iron brew. Yeah. <laughs> And deep fried Mars bars. I'm trying to think of other Scottish yeah. um, stereotypes that I can Heroin. pull out. Did you see there were a lot of uh, Scottish people who were really annoyed with uh, Avengers Infinity War? Because there's a point of that movie that's set within Scotland, and during a scene between Vision and Scarlet Witch, where they're outside a, a fish and chip shop, there is a sign in the background that says, We will deep fry anything. And a lot of Scottish people are trying to claim that Marvel Studios put that sign there because (laughs) no place in Scotland will actually deep fry anything. That's a horrible stereotype and we shouldn't be uh, perpetuating it. What, so like I could go in with an iPhone? Well, and they would deep fry it for me. If you want to eat it, yeah. Maybe that's our new channel. Will it deep fry? (laughs) Uh, Sunday Brunch did it on Channel 4 for a little bit. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did it as a weekly segment for a little while. I heard nothing but applause for that scene in Avengers from Scottish people. Oh, yeah? Because apparently it's very geographically correct. Yep. When people, that fight scene that happens over a few streets. Yes. People are like, yeah, that's, that actually makes sense. My favourite thing about it is that the streets are completely empty. There's just no one around whatsoever. Because as we all know, at nine o'clock, all doors are shut and no one just goes to the streets. But really, it's, there's a lot of, somehow, women in very little clothing put a coat on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Some leggings. Back to Russell's email. For me, Russell Talk Get Better wasn't just about physical fitness, but mental too. I completely agree with you. So in terms of that, I have a lot to thank you guys for too. After Ollie mentioned at the it end is, of- It is down to us, really, isn't it? <laughs> After Ollie mentioned at the end of a Russell Talk News video that you were looking for new writers, I started scribbling away, and that lit the fire back oh, underneath oh. me and had gone out of my mental health was at its worst. I agreed to go back to uni to complete my journalism degree. Oh, wow. But considering how... How, uh, how I was feeling, I'd pretty much written off actually doing it. Now I fully embrace my return to higher education as a mature student this September, which is the month we're in now. Holy moly, that's great news, Russell. My doctor very kindly signed me off sick until the start of my course, and I've been using that time to do more walking in the lovely area of the world I'm lucky to live in. And what goes better with a long trek than a wrestle ramble? Hey. In the last few days, I went on a 15-plus mile trek up Luden Hill, which is a volcanic outcrop that looks over the whole Ayrshire 
Ocean Valley all the way to the Sea and Isle of Air and beyond, and another 10 mile walk the following day to a plantation that looks over the other side of the valley. And of course, wrestling was a big part of my treks with the Bella Twin socks taking pride of place. Here are some pictures from my walk with, uh, which features my lovely furry friend Daisy. So yeah, thank you to you guys and the rest of the Swap Nation for helping motivate me, and to anyone else going through a tough time without wanting to come across all John Cena, never <laughs> give up. Things do get better and life does brighten up. Focus on the things that make you happy and get through the tough days as best you can. Love you guys, bye. And that is from Russell. And he has sent us well done, some Russell. lovely photos of his walks. Now, unfortunately, the skylight is shining upon my laptop. And there, there's uh, Daisy there. Uh -huh. Are you okay, Luke? Because you infamous, you famously hate dogs. I don't hate dogs. <laughs> you literally said it. You literally once said, I, I hate, hate dogs. dogs. I and know. now you get annoyed at people for <laughs> claiming you hate dogs. Yeah, I know, I know. But anyway, there's Daisy again. Yeah. Lots of pictures of Daisy. And oh, that's wow, a lovely that's a great, panoramic shot. One, yeah. Fantastic. And oh, there he is. And there's Russell. Good oh, no, lad. Russell. What a beautiful place to live. Absolutely. Well done, you, my but friend. But again, wrap up warm. It looks chilly. Uh, well, yeah, it could be. Maybe he's fine. Um, so thank you very much for that. I'm trying to see if I can... No, I'll save that till the end. Um, and I'm going to meet... Uh, no, actually, no, I'm going to go to the end of the show, I think, actually. Okay. I'm going I'm I'm to leave these for the end of the show. So Tease. please enjoy uh, the show. We are going to be talking about SmackDown, of course, opening with that Samoa Joe AJ Styles segment that closed off the show. And before anyone says, I did like the show, I just want to preface that once again. But here it is. Wow. What a corking episode. You really liked this, yeah? I really, really liked it. I really like the Orton stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff that's really solid, but nothing big or flashy. I thought that was the Orton. Sometimes I appreciate that more than the big shock twist angles. Yeah. So I really liked Orton stuff. I love, I love the Becky stuff, although there are complications there. Uh, and the AJ Joe stuff, I, I really, really got like just got invested in like i all my all my critical capabilities were kind of turned off and i was just there i can totally see why people would not like it because it was if you step back it's goofy and aj's acting wasn't the best i however thought it was awesome i really really enjoyed it yeah uh, i I mean, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed the show, actually. I thought it was a, a really, really decent show. Uh, I don't think I liked it as much as you did, but I did really enjoy this uh, finale segment. Actually, I thought the stuff that I enjoyed in the show, I really enjoyed, mm. i.e. really enjoyed this Joe segment, really enjoyed the Randy Orton stuff. I had a lot of fun with the R-Truth uh, Truth TV opening segment. Yeah, I forgot about And the I enjoyed the Rusev stuff. Well, I was going to say, the highlight of the whole yeah. episode for me was the Rusev Day, Love Triangle, Soap Opera Bombshell. Like, I... I had such a smile on my face throughout that whole segment. I loved every single second of it. Milwaukee. <laughs> it's pronounced Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yes, but um, so with this opening, with this um, uh, Samoa Joe segment, mm, which I, was the main event, uh, which was the main, angle. yeah, the closing angle of the show. <laughs> I do feel like I need to address this though. Should we recap what happened? First? Recap what happened. Okay, so it's a contract signing in the middle of the ring. Page. Who I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, has she removed that leather jacket since becoming SmackDown GM? Actually, no, it's pretty much stitched into her at this point. I don't think she's got anything on underneath, and this isn't me being kinky or ooh sexy. I just, I cut. There's nothing. It's just a leather jacket. 
I'm worried that she's going to get chilly. <laughs> so she's there in the ring. It's sort of been built up throughout the night. They've shown uh, a clip of, not, not a clip, but a video feed of Samoa Joe's dressing room. Oh, he's going to come out later. But they've actually seen AJ Styles in the flesh. AJ's there. He's like, you know, I'm, I, you, try and restrain me, but I, I want to sign this contract. I want to have this fight. Yeah. And Paige says, you know, after after what happened at Helena Cell, uh, there is no other way to continue this feud without a no count out, no DQ match. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. I think she, I think she's kind of confused with the main event of Helena Cell <laughs> because that stipulation totally makes sense. Makes sense where for that one. Yeah, the Helena Cell match was called off because of a DQ finish. Yeah. Whereas the Joe AJ match that she's referring to, what finished with controversy because. They didn't abide by rules, so it's like you need more. Well, no, rules. they did abide by the rules. Like AJ pinned, like AJ pinned him while tapping out. Yeah. So both men abided by the rules. So it's not like a no DQ. Well, I'm I'm saying you almost need more referees. You, yes. you need a second a referee. second referee That's or the logical step submission match. Yes, yeah, yeah, that that would also be cool. Um, so she's like, this this is the how it's got to be. We're gonna have a no DQ match at Super Super Showdown. WWE logic and. Uh, what the contract signing? Yeah, and AJ comes out for it, and then uh, she says, "And now it's Samoa Joe, but no music, no Joe." And AJ Styles is like, "Well, this is just Joe, isn't it? It's just mind games. I'm expecting him to attack me from behind because yeah. that's the way that Joe likes to operate." I liked that. I really liked that because it just it just made it all feel like okay, the normal stuff is being addressed, and it's not going to happen. So this, like, from that moment when AJ looked behind him and said, well, he's not behind me, it's like, okay, this isn't play-by-numbers stuff. Yeah. I started to get excited. Play-by-numbers. (laughs) Play-by-numbers. Those famous play-by-numbers. You not play any of those games? Well, I mean, only when I was a kid. I was more into maths than you. (laughs) Um, But it was, uh, yeah, Samoa Joe ended up being on the big screen, filming on his phone, um, live, I guess, and um, he was, turns out, he was at AJ Styles' house. Well, when Joe turns up on the screen, uh, AJ's like, there he is. There's the big guy. Ha ha. And he, he leans over and he signs the contract. Not, re- not like, as soon as Joe appeared with the phone in portrait mode. Didn't even do it landscape. Realism. Uh, <laughs> the, that, the ultimate heel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like... I really appreciated AJ just off camera. Uh, well, they did show him on camera, but like it wasn't a big deal. He just signed the thing, and he had a, like, a little Shane Douglas chuckle to himself. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. And that, but as soon as Joe appeared for me, I was like, he's a he's not in the building. Yes. So I liked the way this all unfurled. Um, 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 uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Hot tag to you. Oh, sorry. Uh, and then uh, Joe revealed that he was actually he, he. I like this as well. He was like the great thing about our job is it allows us to travel all over the world to really exotic locations, and that's where I've decided to come tonight. And then he pans down and he, re- and he reveals the letterbox that's got the Styles name on it, and the crowd goes, "Oh." Yeah. And he reveals that he's outside AJ's house, and, I, and Joe cut this really good promo. About, really good about like he's you know he's here to say, "Oh, uh, Wendy, the daddy won't be coming home," and. But I, my favorite thing about this was like, you stole the title from me at Hell in a Cell, and that's got consequences. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I brought a little present for, for your little daughter, this little creepy looking doll. And then the end of it, he rings the doorbell. It sounds exactly like the one from Book of Mormon. I was half expecting someone to go, hello. And then, yeah, and then he essentially just says, daddy's home. And the screen just cuts oh. to black. Like the show just ends. Like I thought something had gone wrong. 
like you know the feed that I was watching like wasn't complete I had to go to YouTube and check that's how it did end but yeah they just cut to black which was incredibly unnerving yes yeah that's that's my favorite bit of this whole yeah. thing because so often and not just in WWE but in films and TV I, I like ending on the peak emotion yes <clears throat> I don't want to return and a king it as as you would say for Lord of the Rings where it just had like 18 different endings after the, the dramatic climax and this really did end at the peak of tension yeah. so you're like oh my god now that's a cliffhanger a guy is about to enter that your house where your wife and child are and he's not very friendly and that's where it ends I want to see what happens next week granted you can't really give a what happened next story because it's a week later and AJ would have made it home by then but I'm still very intrigued it's all about in the uh, the, the what you don't see rather than yeah. what you do see so Daddy's home. Oh, it's a great ending. I thought this was a really good ending. I thought it was a really great segment. Uh, I thought that Joe was excellent. I would agree with you that AJ was like, dude, stop that, man. Stop, bro. Come on, bro. Bro, Bro, stop it, dude, man. Buddy, come on. Come on, pal. Come on, pal. Um, Come on, friend, mate. Yeah. Mate, don't do that. I, so, it was... It would have been better if he wasn't doing it into the microphone, I think, would have been... Yeah, it it was... it wasn't the best, but I was in. Like I quite liked AJ's acting. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna defend it. But for me, I thought he was getting across uh, quite a good amount of fear, mm. and that fed into Joe's line, which was a, another spectacular delivery, where he said that what you're feeling right now, helpless, scared, full of fear, that's exactly what you're gonna feel when I take the title from you. Yeah, and it just Joe's performance throughout is, it's not like. That it's the fact that he had a smile on his face throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. so it's like this is just business, man. Like you, you, you know, this is what happened at Hell in a Cell. It's got to be this way. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, Daddy's home. Yeah, oh, ding dong, loved it. Here's my thing though, and I oh, and okay. again, and I, because I know what people will say, you're too negative. I liked this segment. I thought this segment was great. I just want to preface. I thought this segment was great. This segment should have been. A few weeks ago, when Joe said he was going to be going to AJ Styles' house, yeah, which yeah. ended up having no payoff. My, I don't want to say the word issue, but I think why this segment didn't have the effect on me that I think it had on you and it probably had on other people is that this segment doesn't feel connected to the angle from last week or the finish at Hell in a Cell. This angle feels like a relic, a leftover from the previous version of this feud, which was all about Joe infiltrating AJ's family. But like at Hell in a Cell and last week, it felt like they'd really dropped that stuff because it's like AJ wasn't this angry, relentless, you know, this guy who's just like he doesn't have a care in the world because he just wrestled a normal match at Hell in a Cell. And they had that really controversial finish. And then last week, Joe sort of attacked from nowhere and AJ Styles got the better of him. Again, not showing this. Maybe you could argue that it's Joe trying to go back and get into AJ's mind again, but for me it felt more like a step back in this feud rather than a step forward. Despite how much I thought this was great, and I did think this was great, it felt like it should have been three, four weeks ago in the build-up to SummerSlam or in the build-up to, you know, if you want to still do that, in the build-up to Hell in a Cell. But I think since then we sort of moved past that. I I totally agree. Uh, it's It's a WWE thing, and weirdly... More of a SmackDown thing, I'd say. It's because Road Dog thinks this is Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Where they're <laughs> telling everything out of order. Yeah, they do tell stories slightly, out, and maybe they're thinking this is a really multi-layered 
complex narrative we're weaving where you know you say something one week and then it comes up again a few weeks later it's like well you can have that intention but that's certainly not not is that's not what's happening on yeah. the screen you're not you're not telling a story that well so i do agree it would it would make a lot more sense and it would probably feel more dramatically impactful. Yeah. However, I think the best way to tell this story is not have AJ and Joe locked in just that all their segments are together for the last eight weeks. But you have this segment now in the feud when you've almost forgotten that Joe made that threat. Mm. Because then when he turns up, you're like, oh my God, he went there. Yeah. He went there three weeks after it happened. But the... Because they've overexposed AJ and Joe. Because you've had to artificially extend the feud. Uh, As opposed to, like, maybe this week Joe has a match against Ty Dillinger. Mm. And you just. And then cuts a a little promo on AJ afterwards. Or or Styles has a title defense against uh, someone else. But you don't have that. They're stuck in this this loop of only appearing with each other. Uh, So, yeah, I I agree with you. Yeah. In, In this version of the way they're telling the story. It would have been better back then, but I think there's an even better way, which is where you tell a better story for the whole eight weeks, and yeah. this makes this is a really that's good it, yeah. And that's the thing, like in isolation, I think this is awesome. Like it's, a, it's such a really effective segment. And as you said, like the cut to black mm-hmm. was just like the most perfect way to do it. It was the most perfect peak point to end this segment. But if Joe hadn't said, "I'll see you in Australia," I would have I'd have put money down that this had been recorded last month when <laughs> and, he they said, just and, they, and they just like and they just recycled it was like oh yeah we didn't use that in the end did we let's just put it here instead mm. if he hadn't mentioned australia i i would have put money down on that but yeah he did mention australia so it was new so it just and i think that's i think it was great but it just didn't have that dramatic effect on me that it would have done had it played out when i think it probably would have made more sense to play it out that's our job we've got to high, hold everything to very high expectations and i do with smackdown yeah. because smackdown's got such the better roster it's always the better show and i do think i hold it to higher mm. standards because i i gave this show smack bang in the middle Ooh. like three well high smack bang in the middle 3.5 <sighs> and that's only because as much as i did like all of the the segments the wrestling on this show was, by and large, pointless. Mm. And, you know, maybe I'm a bad person, but I quite like wrestling on my wrestling show. So that's why I, I went with a smack bang in the middle in the end. A that's high smack enough. bang in the middle. It's your opinion, man. Yeah. I just hope you don't get slaughtered too much. Oh, I mean, well, of course I'm going to, because if you don't give Smackdown four out of five, then you're too negative about the show. Uh, well, one more thing. Uh that Styles on the post box was obviously ridden in tape about five minutes before they recorded that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Oh, uh, like, that's a sort of detail. So how are we going to show it's AJ's house? Post box. You got some masking tape? Well, electrical maybe, tape? Maybe it was a, uh, a Vince thing because they were like, well, Vince is like, well, how are we going to know that it's his phone, his uh, post box? Oh, well, I mean, everyone's still got their name written on their post box, right? Like it's still the 1950s. On the white picket fence. White picket. Yeah, I like that Joe was like, you've even got the white picket fence. And the way he was like sat out, so he goes, you've done really well for yourself here, yeah. AJ. This is a nice house. I thought, I thought Joe was great in the segment. Yeah, what do you think it goes next week? 
Well, that's the thing. Well, knowing Road Dog, it's um, we're probably going to have like the first week of this. It'll be based mm. off the first contract signing where Joe attacked him from behind. It'll be back in the cafe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll build up. We'll like we'll pick some other elements and we'll just carry it off from there. I think he's going to find John Travolta dead in a <laughs> toilet in AJ's house, but and as, they're going to have yeah. to yeah. But as long as he's alive at the end of the film, then like the studio is fine releasing. Yes, because yeah. you can't kill John Travolta. You can't have him dead at the end of the film. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Say no one really commented about the, the cheap pops. I thought this was going to get over. I, I had quite a fun time. Yeah, I mean, thought I, cheering and clapping makes you happy. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I very much enjoyed it. Someone thought I was taking the piss, but I actually genuinely, I thought it was a really fun way to do yeah, it. It's just got a mean, sarcastic face. I think that's what it is, yeah. I mean, there's just people who just don't like me in general anyway, but I, I think this is a really fun way to, to celebrate uh, pledge hammers. Um, even the person who just said, um, I turned off uh, as soon as you started doing the Patreon thing because I was boring. Well, I thought it was boring. You can skip ahead. You can skip ahead. That's what the timestamps are for. Uh, so, yes, this is because we, I, I have forgotten <laughs> to bring <laughs> the, the Hall of Fame bell. Yeah. Where we usually the give the ring. Patreon uh, Hall of Fame rings from. So, we're just giving cheap pops instead. If you want a cheap pop on this show, then please go over to Patreon and pledge $25 a month or more, where you'll also get your own wrestling nickname and two bonus podcasts a month, mm-hmm. which are horrendously long. They are in depth. Yeah. Uh, we have a four hour review of TNA Unbreakable, which is an hour longer than the pay per view itself. Mm. Um, and we usually go about sort of between three and four hours for the Ramble Club top five matches of the month. It's just five matches we're talking about <laughs> in four hours. We we really too in depth. It is, I would almost say it's too in depth. Yeah, yeah. But that's you know 
that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want to give you. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you, they drew first blood. Not me, Grace Rambo. Hey, hey. Nice stuff. Steep climb, James Macker Hill. Yeah, yes. go up that hill. McMacma Hill, rather. You sold out, Jay Sellers. Oh, no, you, you didn't. you got to buy in. you got to buy in. Jonathan, the headmaster, headman. Yes. It's a teacher thing. It's a Transformers thing as well. Juan de Dios, infinite godlet. Yes. Oh, a cracking Spanish accent, Ollie. Avengers reference. Stay hyped, Kyle Rowley. Whoa, get yes, hyped. Like yeah, Mojo. That was an annoying tag team. Yeah. Brilliant's next top model, Phil Stopford. What an editor. Yes. Great yes, editor. We love you. Stem cell, Robert Stemman. Oh, yes. he's, gonna, he's gonna be it's... able to repair biologically things that aren't that medicine can't. It's the future. <laughs> I trust you as Sam Farah, as I can throw you. My favourite of the nicknames I've it's ever come contrived. up with. It is. Sean, far from bland Blanford. He's been around for, he's been around for ages. Lovely stuff. Shimmy Gangot. Shimmy Gangot. Zachary Robert Crowley Barros. He gave us that name. I don't you know don't what it means. You the first bit. You've got an awesome name. Yes. I, I thought it was a Shimmy Gani thing at first. Uh, the guy was called T. Lee. So have a cup of tea, Lee. Yeah, yes. There needs British. to be a comma in there. British. The real true heel, Lembren. Also been around There's for a long old time. Like Lovely stuff. The real deal, sex appeal, Andy Puckett. Not a name I gave him as his own. To, yep. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Cordina Travis. Web. Yes, yeah, lovely. Nice Spider-Man here's, thing. Here's some new ones. These are like brand new $25 are they all, backers. Are these all... I think all of them from now on are brand new to oh, this month. Welcome to the club, people. And well, said chaps, but that's... Absolutely. Well, welcome to the club. We're going on... Hang on. We're going on a Brian Hunt League. Luke I... came up with most of these. I apologise in advance. Yes. Charlie... Drink it in, Zeit man. Yes, lovely. That's pretty good, Thanks, actually. man. Uh, where are we? Daring Danny Richardson. Ooh, what's he going to do next? Who knows? What do you talk about, Jerry Wilkin? Willis? Damn it. Oh, damn it, that's that the joke. the whole point. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jerry Willis? Yes, Whoa, lovely yeah. stuff. Nearly went with the Bruce Willis joke. That one was better. He actually was here last month. King George Phillips. You can keep that king name as well. George. George, yeah. yeah. No, no no redacted there. Absolutely not. Oh, it's me? Yeah. Joking, Joshua Selig. Mmm, what are you oh, joking about? The Joker. You should have gone for The Joker. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mo Space, Mo Problems. What are you 90s reference. Yeah. Noah the Ark Trombley. Yes, yes, he was previously played the Trombley, but it didn't really make a lot of sense, so I changed it. There can only be one R legend. R, like legend. a pirate. Or a scouser. Robert Spencer, period. Like Monty Brown in TNA. Oh, right. Did you come up with this after we watched them break? Okay, no, this is this morning. Right, so, okay. <laughs> Monty Brown had a, had a catchphrase. I didn't know Monty Brown was a thing until the other week. Uh, and they go, pounce. No, he go, it's the pounce, period. Okay. So, Robert Spencer, period. Yes. Whoa. Solid Monty Brown reference. Harder than its bite, Sean Barksdale. I would have said Sean. What did I say? Sean. <laughs> I meant to say Sean. It's spelt the same way as my uncle's name, Sean Barksdale. Question the skies, Tommy Christopher. What's up there? The X-Files. Oh, okay. And uh, Jack in a box, Preston. Whoa, yeah, thanks, lovely man. stuff. If anyone is still watching after that, just just 
awful Patreon <laughs> shout out thing you had to sit through. Thank you very much. Timestamps in there for the for the future. Exactly. Uh, and uh, hopefully everyone who did donate enjoyed their rubbish names. <laughs> but from me as well, not just from you. That no, that no, no. Like, I just meant yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a joint effort. Yeah. Uh, so SmackDown opened with our truth. And Carmella in the ring, she's still a baby face. She's even more baby face yeah. now. She's like total baby face. And, uh, but it's weird because she's dyed her hair brown. This was the TV debut. Uh, of course, debuted at a live event over the weekend in Tuscan, <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> I, <laughs> so in my news yesterday, you know, I was answering questions for the first 15-ish minutes yeah. of it going live. Someone left a comment saying like, did someone tell Ollie that he said Tucson wrong in the news yesterday? A few people. And I was coming to was like, oh, yes, a few people yeah. pointed out that you said it wrong. But hey, th- thanks for letting us know. It keeps us on our toes. Uh, so, yes, that was the, the brown hair look was debuted over the, the weekend. But this was the TV debut. It was. It's my first time seeing it, actually. She said it was, in, in an interview I read, she said this is her natural hair colour. But it's kind of more purpley brown. It's still dyed hair. Hmm. I don't know. Hair. I'd, I mean, yeah, look, look at us. I was going to say, I barely have any of it. I don't think I'm in any position to, uh, to comment. Uh, but yes, she was down in the ring with our truth the Fabulous Truth, which is the name of their Mixed Match Challenge. I'm enjoying that WWE are actually acknowledging Mixed Match Challenge as a thing. You're going to have to at TLC. Yeah, well, it needs it with the bloody ratings they got on Facebook last <laughs> oh, week. Dearie me. Uh, I wonder how it did this week. Yeah, well, we'll find out tomorrow, I suppose. And the, going, going by Raw, it can't be good. Yeah, and... Uh, our truth had debuted truth tv truth tv yes so tv it was weird as well because smackdown started with the mrs music playing so as an audience we're pre you know we're supposed to think that the miz is in there for a miz tv segment and then it cuts to the ring and it's truth and carmella and oddly Corey graves goes like oh what is this i was expecting the miz i was like mate you're right there like you just gotta look up and you can see it's not the miz no you gotta gotta look at the monitors mate uh, and the yeah he, he's like because it was two weeks ago now I think that Truth beat yes. Miz yeah he reveals this event. yeah when Miz came out he said like I beat you two weeks ago and you don't have a championship so I took your show yeah which is great which that's is really, awesome yeah Truth has really been an uns, not, well, not unsung because we've all been singing his praises but he's been such a consistent performer yeah on, on Smackdown since he's come back I think really. he's been awesome yeah yeah and he uh, yeah he welcomed his first guest which was Daniel Bryan, and they, they had like the little Miz TV sit down. Bryan looked like he was having such a laugh yeah. during this because it was all just having a lark. Yeah. Like, and, and Daniel Bryan laughing felt like it was just genuine. He was just really enjoying his. It was like the, the talking smack Daniel Bryan. Yes. He was just enjoying himself out there. And like Truth really played it up. Like he got his questions out and he put his reading glasses on so he could read them properly. And then had this amazing point where he said, like, uh, uh, the Miz and other Carmella have been a thorn in your side yeah, for the past few months. That line was very. And then Carmella like sort of looked a bit puzzled. He's like, "I'm glad you dyed your hair. It was confusing everyone." <laughs> <laughs> of course, talking about Maurice when our truth mixed up Maurice for Carmella. He's it's so a, good. Because usually I'm not a fan of stupid jokes when they become too idiotic. Yeah. Like Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters, the <laughs> all-female reboot. Yep. But this. But this is like truth nailing it. <laughs> yes. He's so good. And you look at this, like, and Miz, who would come out later. Miz, Brian, Truth, Carmella. That's, those are good promos. Yeah. Very good promos. All I'm, four of them. Not only that, but this is the first time in a long time I've been enjoying Carmella. 
Yeah, that's like, a good point. I've been really enjoying Carmella in this yeah. role. Actually, I, I think she's really awesome at it as well. And they even like really silly things like Truth asks his question, but before Brian can answer it, we've got to have a seven-second dance break. And they, the, the lights go on, this the crap music plays, and Truth and Carmella do some dancing. The crowd pop massively for it. And Daniel Bryan goes like, oh, you really have a seven-second dance break segment, as if he wasn't expecting it. Yeah, like, when Brian said that, that seemed so genuine. Yeah. Like, he was genuinely laughing. Yeah, like you said, talking smack, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it was really funny. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so Miz eventually comes out and interrupts, and he calls Truth an idiot, and Archie <laughs> goes, an idiot with a talk show. <laughs> Which was really good. Yep. And uh, they, the Truth challenged Miz for a match here for the right to the format yes. of, uh, of, of uh, Miz TV, which is just an interview. <laughs> well, like, so, but Miz, like, he also cut a promo about Super Showdown and his match with Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And I like this as well because this played into the match then that Miz had with Truth, where Miz said, look, Bryan, the reason why I beat you at SummerSlam and Hell in a Cell is because you are too afraid to cheat and tarnish your name. Yes. Whereas I, I'll do whatever it takes to win because I don't care what people think about me. So I'll just, I mean, as long as I win, I'm happy. But you want to, like, keep your legacy. Mm. And so you're too afraid to give in to hate, so to speak. Um, and then during the match between Miz and R-Truth, Truth did, you know, he was he got quite a bit of offense in, but Miz thumbed him in the eye right at the end to hit the skull crush of Hanny, cheating to win. Although yeah. he then added insult to injury by hitting the running knee, the Daniel Bryan running knee. That was that was a really good spot. So uh, Miz hits the skull-crushing finale. That's the that's the match done, really. Daniel Bryan's on commentary. But as soon as that lands, Miz is already looking over at Bryan with just this sick smile on his face. And it's been pretty comedy up until that point, of course, with the, the whole Truth TV talk show segment. And that would be like my one bugbear when you ask, if, if you would ask me at the start of the year, when if Brian would ever return to the ring, and if he did have that long-running blood feud with the Miz, do you want to see intergender tag matches? Do you want to see comedy around it? I would have said no. And to be honest, I still feel that way. Yeah. But this, this was fine because the comedy was so good, and it ended on a serious note. I'm not really that annoyed by it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Miz hits the skull-crushing finale. He's got staring Brian down. And then he stands up and he goes over to the corner. No, no, the whole crowd are chanting while yeah. Miz is chanting. Yes, hits the running Daniel Bryan knee for the win. Yeah, it was a really good little angle there. Yeah, to, I thought it was uh, a really good angle. <coughs> and I loved Bryan on commentary here. Bryan on commentary, just exposing Corey Graves' hypocrisy, really yeah, made me yeah. laugh. Well, I say Corey Graves, heel commentator's hypocrisy. Where it was like, well, well, you know, just pointing out all the stuff that we point out, and Corey Graves didn't really have much of an answer for it. Yeah, <laughs> it really Brian, made me laugh. I, Brian's stance was like, but you, you're a Miz guy, like it makes sense why you would say that, but yeah, yeah you always side with Miz. And I was like, <laughs> yes, this is. Yeah. Why can't the babyface commentators be credible? Yeah, uh, and yeah, he was just like being a good color guy yeah. saying how Miz doesn't use his impressive wrestling skills he uses the shortcuts which emphasizes what Miz said in the promo yep uh, and it kind of I heard it because uh, you know Brian's Brian's voice is at a level that I haven't filtered out <laughs> on my WWE commentary thing absolutely uh, also just before this match when Truth challenges Miz uh, Miz is just about to reply and then they do another dance segment yeah and Miz goes backstage which I, and I thought this was another thing this episode did quite well. It's flash, fleshing out. Builds a world. Yeah, bit, bit behind the scenes where people talk to people outside their feuds. And Miz goes straight up to Paige, who's just waiting there. Waiting in the wings. 
But what was she doing? Well, she was waiting there to tell Miz that he had a match. But she was staring off into the distance. And then Miz <laughs> walked in. Waiting for her cue. Yeah. And then they spoke. And Paige never really looked at him. Well, you've got to be facing the camera. And Otherwise, then, it's unnatural. And that, this looked very weird. <laughs> uh, go back and watch it. I thought it looked really strange. And then Miz walks up. If there was like a little TV setup next to them. That well, you can also watch awkwardly, yeah. But there wasn't. It was just like Paige was standing there like a, well, that a will, mannequin. That will reveal that Shane McMahon's been there the whole time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, she's probably like, I cannot move because I'm only wearing a leather jacket <laughs> and I don't want to have a nip slip. Absolutely not. Uh, but we also got clips from earlier in the day uh, with Charlotte having a photo shoot, but then Becky appears from nowhere and attacks her. I like shouting at the photographer, <laughs> shouting at the photographer, do you want to get a photo of this? Yeah. As she uh, continued to beat down Charlotte and then demand the photographer take the champ's photo instead. And uh, Todd Phillips announces that uh, Charlotte has been evaluated by the doctors and sent home due to the beatdown. Um, Todd Phillips, obviously, I mean, busy on SmackDown commentary, but also directing that wacky Phoenix Joker movie. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah, he's a busy yeah. man at the moment. Uh, so Becky's a heel. Yeah, well, of course I mean, she is. Yeah, I mean, well, this no, was... you're missing the point, Ollie. No, they want you to think that she's a heel, but really, they know she's a babyface. They're just working you. Yeah. It's just the same way that Daniel Bryan was always meant to win the title at WrestleMania 30. So, so I don't know why WWE is still pushing. W, uh, Becky is such a such a mean heel. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like her attitude. I, I wouldn't actually change much of her character. It's just the commentators damp, being so damning of her. It's it creates an awkward dynamic yeah. where you're rooting for someone quite naturally, and people are telling you don't root for them in in a not in a anti-establishment way in a yeah. It's, it's but it, and this is the thing. So I know a lot of people can do the the Stone Cold comparison. And say like, well, Austin was a heel, but like, I th- I really think we need to shut this narrative down mm. because Austin was a badass, but he was pushed as a babyface. Like when he was champion, yes. he was always going against heels. Taker was a heel. Kane was a heel. Mankind was a heel. Dude Love was a heel. Vince McMahon was a heel. The Rock was a heel. Like he was going up against heels as a babyface, and Jim Ross was putting him over as a babyface while the heel commentator Jerry Lawler didn't like him, and he sided with the heels. So. You can push. You don't have to change anything about Becky's character. Just have the commentators on her side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they'd have to change a few bits. Like, she couldn't just dastardly attack, attack someone from out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Randy Orton does. Yes. Uh, so it's it's a shame. I, I love Becky's performance and everything. It's just uh, it's it's just frustrating. It is frustrating. WWE. Yeah. Um, also, did you see Becky's post today? I did not. She she posted the picture of her and Charlotte under her foot. And she's like, ah, remember that time, Charlotte, where... I don't know, she was like, I wish that Charlotte was here to see me in this great shot with the the WWE Championship. Oh, no, wait, there she is under my foot. (laughs) I see that, yeah. Yeah, Very good. Uh, Then we got Sheamus versus Big E, because Cesaro beat Kofi last week. Uh, And the New Day said they're going to take the bar seriously. And they did this say something nice challenge, which was just an excuse to point out stupid stuff about the bar and then end on something nice. Yes. Uh, Including hinting that Seamus's red hair... Do the curtains match the drapes? Yeah, so his pubic hair they're talking about. Basically, yeah. I mean, it was unfunny comedy, um, but it led to a, a, a big guy match. Yeah. What's happened to the new day? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was, I, you know, when they won the title, I was like, yes, New Day are awesome. They've yeah. been killing it for months. 
And now they've just, yeah, they've they flipped over to annoy him. Oh, man, have you seen the clip from... I I'm, I'm think it's up, up, down, down, because FIFA 19's out now. Yes. Um, and I think, that, I think this is what they were playing up. I've only seen a clip of it, because uh, uh, Ross posted it on Twitter, of um, Rusev last year in the finals of their tournaments faced Neville. And someone, I think it was um, Apollo Crews, was like, oh, who did you face in the finals last year? And Rusev just goes, uh, some guy called Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and then goes... Yeah. Looks up at this guy and Xavier Love's like, he's not dead. It's like, no, he went back to England. I'm pointing at the plane to, yeah, to yeah, go nice. over. Nice. Very good. Uh, so, yeah, this this was a it was a quick match. Um, yes. Which Sheamus won, which I was quite surprised about. Usually WWE would book the people getting their win back. Cesaro beat Kofi last week. You would think Big E, who's quite protected, would beat Sheamus here. But he didn't, uh, even though Sheamus dominated initially, went for the brogue kick, Biggie reversed into a pretty impressive powerbomb, and then goes for the big ending, but then Sheamus hits the brogue kick for the win. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, two it, straight singles victories. I mean, as I said in the review, it just cements that they're not winning at Super Showdown. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Paige and AJ backstage talking about that contract signing segment. Paige has a great line where she says, I just... I don't want anything to happen because those monitors on the commentary tables are really expensive. But you know, later in this show, I was like, it's not Asia you want to be telling this. It's Randy Orton you want to be telling that yeah, to. He's yeah. the one who crushed him later on. Uh, and then we got... Oh, the highlight of this show for me. This segment was magnificent. Take it away. So Rusev Day, while well, Rusev and Lana come out looking for answers about Aiden's attack last week. And they come out onto the ramp and they're like, Aiden attacked me. He was a friend. He was my ally, but he attacked me. He turned his back on me last week. Aiden, come out and explain yourself. And Aiden comes out to do Ollie Davis's favorite WWE plot mechanic. He showed video packages mm. of what happened. So, He's a theatrical man. I don't mind it with him. But also, we saw Randy Orton doing it last week, so we now know yes, that wrestlers yeah. just go into the production truck and get them to edit stuff for them. So now it all just makes narrative sense. I felt like Road Dog put that in there just for you, really. Well, I, I felt like this one was because Aiden needed to manipulate Rusev and Lana in character. Yeah. Usually, it's just done because WWE have a lazy way of introducing video packages. Yes. Here's what happened last week, says the wrestler. Like, no, you're doing the, the announcer's job for them. <laughs> Whereas, why would the announcers throw to a propaganda piece for Aiden English? Yes. It should be Aiden English. Absolutely, yeah. So, Aiden introduced these two video packages. The first one is all about how we are. And actually, we are on the one-year anniversary of the official Rusev Day. Today, Today yeah, is 26. the official Rusev Day. And so, Aiden English shows clips of this. And then how Rusev Day went on this tear... I mean, the way he edited it, it made them look like they were the best tag team and a really dominant force. And yeah, like we said last week, it would have been so much better if they actually did have a year, two years and a tag title run where they were like an actual solid unit. So it was a bit where the, like they were facing AJ and I was just like, oh, imagine if they did go on this absolute push. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a real missed opportunity. But edited together because of the magic of WWE editing and they're so good at doing this, it made them look like they were the yeah. most dominant tag team on SmackDown. And then he was like, oh, but let, you know, what happens after that? He then shows the video packages of, or show a video package of Lana getting involved, essentially, and I don't like to use this term, Yoko-ing her way through <laughs> this tag team, because Yoko was not the reason the Beatles split, that was gonna happen regardless. But essentially calling her the Yoko of, the, of this team and saying like, man, like everything fell apart as soon as Lana got here. And it cuts back to when English was like, I mean, 
yeah, I think Lana ruined everything, really. And then Lana cut this really great promo where she was like, um, yeah, you know, like I, when I was managing him, he was an undefeated monster. I got him to ride out on a tank at WrestleMania. And everyone was like, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good point there, Lana. You, you really did do that. Uh, but then the n- zero accent, like again, oh yeah, this was apart uh, from when she says, says crush, or crush, yeah, yeah, uh, and then yeah, she's then like Aiden has the she calls him a glorified cheerleader, and Aiden's like, yeah, you know, maybe you've got a point. You're so honest, Lana. It's what I like about you. Just in the same way you were going to tell Rusev what I said about you two last week because you're so honest. But have you been completely honest? Were you completely honest about that one night in Milwaukee? And the crowd goes, oh. And he just holds his hand out, drops the mic, and walks to the back. And the crowd start chanting, and there's a portion of the crowd chanting, holy S. Yes. And then the crowd start going, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. I thought this was, I had a massive smile on my face throughout this entire segment. I loved every single, I loved every element of this. Yeah. I thought it was wicked. Rusev's looking confused, like, you know, this is the guy that just beat him up. I'm not going to trust him. No. But. But. And there was like. What happened in Milwaukee? Yeah. In Milwaukee? That's it. And the backstage line was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And Rusev's was like, yeah, no, I mean, I don't trust him either. But when were we in Milwaukee? It like, was there's really like, well really, played. Like, there's just like elements of doubt in Rusev's mind. Whereas, I mean, obviously, I don't want to trust Aiden English. Yeah. But there is that. And he keeps saying to Lance, like, oh, no, I totally trust you. Like, I totally believe what you're saying. But. You can see behind his eyes that there is that, that element there. Now, have you seen what a lot of people are saying? Uh-huh. So, we, I got sent this a bit on Twitter. I imagine you did as well. And a lot of people sent this to us. That two years ago, in 2016, The Rock had a, ste- uh, had a segment with Lana and Rusev where The Rock essentially said, I slept with Lana last night and introduced her to the Wisconsin Wheelbarrow, which is in Milwaukee. Um, well, Mil- yeah. Milwaukee, Milwaukee Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. So... He, yeah, the other way around. So he was essentially saying, like, and a lot of people are suggesting that that's what Aiden English is going to reveal next week, that Lana slept with The Rock, and she's not been 100% honest about that. I'll be honest, if that's the reveal next week, I'm going to be so devastated. Why? Because I don't want, I don't, that, I don't want that to be the reveal. I want it to be something, like, this is a love triangle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a love square. Well, I, I don't because The Rock's not coming back, unless the, he is a, a SmackDown 1000. But even ah, then, yeah. but even then, that will make the whole feud about The Rock. Yes. And I want this feud to be centered around these three. But I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree that it should be, I don't know how they can pay this off. Mm. Because Aiden even said, I've got video footage next week. And it's like, well, what's that video footage going to be that's narratively satisfying and no one feels shortchanged? It shouldn't really be Aiden who's done the sleeping because that's just a bit too convenient. This is two years ago, a year before Rusev Day was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would Lana? And it's just, it, it's clunky and contrived. Um, so I do like the idea of it being someone who isn't Aiden. Yeah. Because then it is like that justified heel where he always knew that Lana was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And he was almost trying to bring Rusev away from Lana because he found this thing out. But at the same time, like, how do you... Well, that's how it, do yeah. You, how, how do you, like, keep everyone... How, how does everyone end up being more over in their respective roles? I completely agree. And if it is the Rock thing, I, I mean... 
I, I think it's because I just want it to be these three involved. And I think that with it being the rock thing, it almost has an element of comedy to it, which mm. I don't really want in this view, personally. That really needs it. It's, it's a also, huge day sex mechanism. Yeah, and I also just feel like it, it kind of like, it, then the feud isn't being taken seriously. It's just yeah. like, well, this is, this is a pre-show feud, so let's treat it as such. And, it's a, and it reminds me a little bit of um, when they did the, the Who Ran Over Stone Cold Steve Austin storyline way back when. There was a pay-per-view when Austin like, made his return. And Shane McMahon came. I've know, I know who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I've got video evidence of it. And he shows a video clip from a pay-per-view from a couple of years ago where Steve Blackman nearly ran over Ken Shamrock. And he's like, look, it was Steve Blackman all along. He's got prior on this. And Austin's there going like, I mean, I know it's not Steve Blackman. And Steve Blackman mm. comes out and Austin beats up Steve Blackman. And like, it was just played as a real comedy segment. And yeah. at the end of it, that's really narratively unsatisfying. Yeah, it's uh, so not. It's not. It's, a, it's not a great payoff. Is if it's the rock thing. That's what. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, I don't know. What, hopefully, they've got something. I'm that, really hoping they have that that will work. But yeah. I, I don't know what that thing is. Neither, and neither do I. And that's why I'm very excited to watch next week's show. Like or trepidatious. Well, no, actually, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm genuinely very excited to watch next week's show. It was my by far my favourite thing on mm. this show. I am, and they they played it in several segments as well throughout the show. Um, not to to make you too worried though about this being a whole joke. It's not like it cut. And this was my one bugbear with the the whole thing. It goes to commentary after that Milwaukee mic drop. Milwaukee mic drop. That's difficult nice. to say. And Corey Graves is just got this huge smile on his face and he's on his phone going, oh my God, this is huge. What big gossip. Ha ha ha. I'm going to start he, texting my sources. Yeah, and he really like egged it up as a comedy thing. Mm. So Maybe. I, I don't know. And the, But then like like you said, to make SmackDown feel like more a lived in universe backstage, like it's a real life thing as opposed to when people just walk out from the Titantrons or awkward backstage segments. Becky walks in on Lana and Rusev having this kind of disagreement where Rusev is just, when were we in Milwaukee? <laughs> and, and Becky just walks up and goes, Milwaukee, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really and, great. Uh, and and she's so she's definitely positioned as a heel. Which, yeah, you know, just another example. And this this sets up Lana versus Becky for later in the show. And as Lana walks off, she just sorry, as Becky walks off, she just goes. <laughs> Milwaukee, huh? Yeah, it's great. It's really yeah. good. You want to mind your Milwaukee business. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Uh, we had come back to the ring. The Iconics were about to cut a promo, but they got cut off by Naomi. Did you hear their new tag team name? Oh, no. So Naomi and Asuka are now officially a tag team, and uh, Todd Phillips announced that they are officially calling themselves the Empress and the Glow. It's like they're not even trying anymore. But they had a match with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose that, um, and this was set up from earlier in the day. This was the worst thing. This was bad. This was bad. Where Asuka, um, she, she really likes Naomi's hair. And uh, the, icon the Iconics, the uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose walk up and they talk about hair or something. And that led to a match, the Empress and the Globe won. And it was not, it was nothing. Uh, the Iconics were good on commentary. They yes, uh, that's because the Iconics are great. Yeah, and they were fun with uh, with Corey. Corey. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, this was uh, this was this was rubbish. It's 
it's just so lazy because you've seen this other contrived out of nowhere friendship between Nia Jax and Ember Moon. There's similar things happening here. Totally. Well, it's Asuka's uh, on a road. She needs a friend. How else are you going to have yeah. a storyline? And it's a real Franken team stuff. And you look at like a a, a decent Franken team like Ziggler and McIntyre. There's a reason there. Like Dolph is that they they've got a mission. Yeah. They're here to 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 sort of prove to everyone that they're the real workhorses of WWE or what or like you know whatever but this is just we're friends and we're gonna hang out I like your hair that's really what it boils down to I like your hair and uh, all these people say that our friendship isn't good we're gonna fight them it's such juvenile rubbish it is crap and yeah that like I really do believe there's an underlying misogyny to to it because it's just a a big room of blokes (laughs) writing stories for women, when really you should just write the same kind of storylines you would for men as women. Yes. And the other thing as well, it's a good comparison between Drew and Dolph as this um, Franken team. Drew and Dolph, at no point in their tag team partnership, as far as I could tell, have ever said, we're friends. Yeah. They just, like, it doesn't, they don't have to be friends. They're and just, they've got they're, great hair. They're just two people, yeah, Dolph's hair in particular. They're just two people that have got a common goal, and that's why they're teaming together. Asuka and or the Empress and the Glow... Oh, friend, friend. If Naomi went up to Asuka backstage and was like, I'm not getting used on anything and you're not getting used on anything. Yeah. Let's team up and start beating everyone up. I'd be like, cool. Like, that's that's good. But that's that's not what's happened. Yeah. And it's um, I mean, I didn't think I could care about a match less at Super Showdown Mm. than the Riot Squad versus the Bellas and Ronda Rousey. But. Turns out it's this match, actually. This is the match I care the least about. I'm, I'm intrigued for the hometown heat, home country heat. The Iconics. Well, yeah. They're just, yeah, just going to come out and then say, well, we're so happy we escaped this country because yeah. it's rubbish and it smells. <laughs> and just do the, get the Elias heat. Okay, well, next up we've got a, a cracking little segment. One of my, you know, my actually, it's my, there's so many good bits. It's like my joint top with two other bits. It was Shinsuke Nakamura facing off against Ty Dillinger. Was this a title match? I don't know. I mean, the crowd was so into this match, they were chanting for Mike Chioda. Ah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was, well, I, it th- was I thought Ty got far too much offense in this. Well, I, but that's the story they told. Dillinger, it's like Nakamura's cocky. He's the, the Nak America guy now. And Dillinger starts the match strong. And Shinsuke's almost caught off guard. Like, I never thought Shinsuke was going to lose. I just thought he underestimated his opponent, which is a great way to keep both men looking strong. Because Nakamura's knocked down. He kind of looks up at Ty, smiles, and goes, OK, we're doing this thing. And then he goes for a Kinshasa. I thought that was going to be it after Nakamura started to turn. But Ty dodged it, hit a super kick, and then did a frog splash for a near fall. Like that's all the offense that happened. Yeah, and then like, Ty gets yeah. gets him in the corner for the ten punch, and then Orton shows up. I thought it was a really good way to keep Ty looking like to to kind of make Ty gonna, look credible. I was going to say because it's like they even point on commentary that Ty hasn't had a, a championship match in over a year, mm. and really he hasn't done anything in in over a year. And I suppose that might be. I think maybe my issue with this because I I thought the actual start of this was quite bad. I, I didn't really enjoy the match because I thought that Nakamura. Like he didn't really do anything in the match, and I like the story that you told there. It's a story that I didn't see, so that's on me. Um, but I, I think my main takeaway from this was like Nakamura's had this belt now for two months and yeah. has done sweet FA with it, and that is a real that's a real problem. Mm. That like it's a it's a big title, or at least it should be a big title, and it's Nakamura, and it's Nakamura. Like he hasn't even got a match at Super Showdown. 
There mm. is no United States Championship match at that show. And that's crazy because like the New Japan like New Japan tours Australia. Yeah. Uh, it has done over the last year. So there is an audience there who would appreciate seeing him. Uh, yeah. He didn't have anything at Hell in the Cell. He's, and he's, just, he's done nothing. He's got this new character of United States of Nakamura, but it's, or Nakamura, I should say, mm. but it's nothing. Like, it's, it's a nothing gimmick because you're not doing anything with it. It's just a, it's a nickname. And that's, I think that's a real, and again, like, this segment wasn't there to build Nakamura. It wasn't there to build Ty Dillinger. It was just to put over Randy Orton as this vicious killer again. And it was what we were talking about last week, which is actually what I liked about this. We said that Randy just needs to, like, kill a load of dudes to lead up to SmackDown 1000, where maybe you get the return of Rey Mysterio, and mm-hmm. then you start your Randy Rey Mysterio program. So that, I've, and I've got no issue with Randy killing um, Ty Dillinger either, but it does nothing for Nakamura. Okay, well, let me let me explain what happened, and then I'll I'll say why that might not be the case. So, Orton attacks Ty Ty Dillinger as he's uh, beating up Nakamura, and it's just an amazing beatdown. Randy Orton's very good at these beatdowns because yeah. he's just throwing people around with little regard for them as safely as he possibly can, and that's what's great about it. But it's not just that; it's like Orton, you know, pulled Ty down and, and clobbered him with something, and then he just goes one with his finger, and then he does another move two. And he chucks him outside. And every move, he, he was slowly counting after the, the move had hit. And at the end, he drapes him on the apron and he hits a draping DDT to the outside. And then he just goes, 10. And I just, I thought that was such a neat way to structure a beatdown yeah, of Ty. completely agree. Uh, and then, Autumn walks off. He's done his job. Nakamura grabs his title and then looks back. Huh. And then hits a Kinshasa. So my... I just think it's weird how Orton keeps coming back to interfere in Nakamura matches. I think that's coincidence more it than anything It could else. be coincidence just because that's the sort of mid-card level that Randy's in at the moment. Or that this is actually, it might pay off with a reveal that Nakamura and Orton are in cahoots. I would be amazed if that was the case. I'm, so when I like a segment, I get very optimistic about the possibilities. <laughs> This is like you with that. They're really going to pay off on that Daniel Bryan uh, falling into Brie Bella oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, but then o- Orton's walking out backstage afterwards and Mike Rome, not uh, not Kayla or Charlie. No, Kayla showed up later. Yeah. Uh, but it's Rome who wasn't on the internet. It was weird seeing him. And he asks Orton why you attacked Ty. Is it because Ty is your next victim that you teased last week? And Randy brilliantly just goes... No, Rome. I think what it boils down to is that perfect ten crap pisses me off. Great, brilliant, brilliant. absolutely brilliant. I thought Randy was awesome in the segment. Yeah, and but it was awesome. I, I must say that that sounded like Vince McMahon challenging <laughs> himself because apparently they all hate that te- the, the ten chance are a thing. Yeah, well, it's because it got over with the crowd and yeah. they didn't want it to. So Plus, of course they hate it. It does take away from the drama of the match. If, if the really referees died off though. Ever, if the referees doing the ten like the ten count on the outside and people are just going ten, yeah. ten for each one, I yeah, I, I don't think. I, it's I mean, a good I didn't hate ten as much as I hated people counting the next number up. That annoyed me. For, that annoyed me much for much more than just people chanting yeah, ten. That was my fault. <laughs> I used to do that. Be, it's people like days, you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I said, like I thought this was—I thought the Randy Orton stuff in the segment was very good. I think my frustration with it comes with it's—it's it's just another 
pointless moment for, for Nakamura. A filler week for Nats. And it, and, it, and it came off the back of the, the Asuka segment as well. And, that, and then the next segment we got was a Becky Lynch and Lana match, where Lana took 95% of the match, and Becky just hits the Bexploder and, and wins. Like, it wouldn't have hurt Lana for Becky just to job her out and just, like, no. to be a squash match. But this wasn't a squash match. And that's why I think this kind of, like, took away from a lot of my enjoyment of SmackDown, because this was three back-to-back matches which I were like, well, these were all effectively pointless. And they, they didn't really do much for me. Well, I thought but it, it, apart paid from off, it paid off on the... The Becky Lana thing paid off on what was... It was set up earlier in the night. No, yeah, no, but, no but, okay, but the match itself was pointless. Like, just because there was a setup and a payoff. Like, there were, at the end of the day, Becky's no more over. Lana's didn't get anything out of it. Not only that, but Lana wasn't even selling the... You could have had Lana be, like, so distracted by the, the mm-hmm. Aiden... Uh, Milwaukee microphone drop mic drop as you've now dubbed it that that's why she lost the match but she didn't she just wrestled like it was a normal match and there was, and there was nothing that had been yeah. mentioned earlier in the night so I wouldn't call that pointless though I just call that bad badly done in the yep. large realm of the story potato potato yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I mean I disagree about those but it is it's those previous two segments it's crazy to think at the start of this year we had two Asian Royal Rumble winners with Asuka and Nakamura, and, and look they where now. they are now. Yeah. And so we all the, yeah. thought, you know, maybe Vince is catching on, <laughs> that there's this Japanese wrestling resurgence. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, Becky versus Lana, uh, crowd chanting Milwaukee, yep. which was fun. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Becky wrestled this match like a total heel. Yeah. Uh, Lana goes for the early cover, Becky kick out a one, rolls out outside, stalls for time. Uh, heel macho man or bully ray style yeah so yeah it's like she is definitely being told everyone's being told in wwe that becky's a heel and all the fans all the fans don't want that and there is that there's a disconnect and over time that disconnect's just gonna peter out into the middle and she isn't gonna be as over it's, it's the way like, they like it yeah it's like this is working but it won't be working in three, four months' time. Whereas if you went with the grain off the back of that organic uh, reaction when she turned turned or just got badass at SummerSlam, then everyone, this, she would be more over, is, is my argument. Well, I mean, you've only got to look at Rusev Day. Mm. Rusev yeah. Day was a chant yeah. that got over. They didn't want it to get over. So they just didn't do anything with them. And that just started to peter out. Yeah. Uh, and the commentators again were just saying, well, Becky's in no position to judge Lana with what she did to Charlotte. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but after this, this is where English is shown watching backstage the match and Kayla asks him about Milwaukee and he says he'll reveal video proof next week. I'm so excited oh. to see what that is. Mm. Really, really intrigued to see what it is. And then the main event was AJ versus Joe. So you gave it smack bang in the middle. A high smack bang oh, in the I, middle. I gave it a high smack-tastic, baby. Whoa, four and oh. a half out of five. If this with, had... th- with that wrestling on this wrestling show. I enjoy- well, that's the thing that stopped it from being a top. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It then. just needed it needed a, a good wrestling match. I think it needed a wrestling match. Yeah, it needed a wrestling match. Which, and and it, a good one as well. Like yeah. Very well, actually, well, I, it didn't think it needed a good one. I would have I'd been happy with this show if it had a wrestling match on this, but it didn't. It had five matches, all of which were, apart from the, actually the uh, Truth and Miz match, I mm. suppose, was the only one that was ever really given any time. The only one that felt like an actual match. Yeah, and that had a commercial break in it as well. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I, I enjoyed the show. I, again, I found like I'm coming off negative. Everyone will tell me I'm negative regardless of the fact that I'm not. I thought this was a good show, and I, I really enjoyed the show. 
it's just that I think that you can have wrestling on a wrestling show and that's not an issue. Mm. And I, the, the three back-to-back matches that, have, that did absolutely nothing for anyone really dampened me on the, the actual uh, overall feeling or towards the show. But I did enjoy it. Could you have been any more negative, Luke? <laughs> oh, my God. God, you are so negative. Oh, you no. hate. Why do you even work on a wrestling channel? I know. Why do you even bother watching? Just let Ollie and Fakador oh, do it because yeah. they love the shows. I don't get that because sometimes people go, oh, thank God Fakador's on. He tells it how it really is. <laughs> He's the most negative out of any of us. I know. I was going to say, like, I once had this conversation about with him on SmackDown because he hates watching SmackDown because there's no wrestling on the show. Mm. And he's like, what's the point of the show? Because there's no wrestling on it. Yeah, at least... I mean, that's that's one benefit of three-hour Raws. They just... Because they haven't got enough ideas, so they, so they just, have to put wrestling on. Which is great for me. Like, yeah. I, I do enjoy watching wrestling on my wrestling but shows. But re- really, I want more than one 20-minute match in a three-hour show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. NXT. NXT! Yeah. Weekly NXT <laughs> reviews! Help it happen! Segway! Patriot! Uh, right, so this one is a, re- a, ma- a master of the agony arts Ooh. request. So obviously, this comes from anonymous slash vacant. Starting out with the worst part of everything, my friend is married. So my Ooh, friend, what a start! So my friend, call is me a... Ishmael. <laughs> so my friend is a super attractive woman who I fancy very much. Okay. We had a little fling in the past, which I endorsed losing a good friend over because she couldn't accept us. Wait, this... We've Sorry. done this one as well, haven't we? Have we? Yes, because it's. Are you with... sure you're not getting it confused with Aiden English and Lana? And losing a good friend of because he couldn't accept us together. Fast forward, she's now married with a child. No, we have done this, and pretty much we'd be great together. We have done this one. Why is my emails all of a sudden start to put in things that I've unstarred? I don't remember and... that one. No, I'm pretty sure we have done that. Well, Gmail did update recently. Maybe that's what it is. Because mm. a couple of them now have just kind of like got back through. Wait a second. So Patreon's logs are screwed. Gmail's logs are. Sc- Maybe it's you, Luke. Maybe it is me. Maybe Stephanie McMahon is the problem, <laughs> not the general managers. <laughs> uh, so we actually we've got a different Agony Arts request. Good, course, I do like comes... the Agony Arts. After hearing about Ollie dating three women at once, and because I have Asperger's Syndrome, I had to pitch in my one dollar and share my current dilemma. In reality, I'm single, depressed, unemployed, and live with my mother despite graduating from university. I know the world owes me nothing, but this is getting sad. However, since 2012, <laughs> I've maintained pretty strong connections to to two women who I have described below. Mm. One lady, 24, from Illinois, bracket, over 2,000 miles away. So he basically listed out points that we need to know about each person. So one, has a daughter with a man who's battered her, all three live with his parents. I think we've done this one. We haven't, no, this is the one we nearly did with Sammy Callahan. We actually haven't done this on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so I've read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've read this. Uh, One, has a daughter with a man who's battered her. All three live with his parents. Two, made tentative plans to hook up with me next year on holiday in my hometown. Three, is also talking to someone else right now, only she's not hiding it. Four, has has stated that she'd love to move with her daughter to Southern California, brackets where I live. Five, drinks heavily. I've never drunk before. Six, doesn't want any more children. Seven, likes future funk, a genre of music that allegedly sounds great when you're stoned. Future uh, funk. Fu- yes, future funk. Wow. Which uh, sounds like a wrestling character. Mm. Um, the other lady, 24, from Kentucky, brackets, also over 2,000 miles away. One, lives with her sugar daddy, whose sex drive has vanished. Vacant, you need to, you, you need to set the Tinder, <laughs> like, distance 
down su- a bit. Such a you, smaller, yeah. You can't just say the world or America. You've got to like make it a 10-mile radius there. Two, is an Instagram model who often sends me outtakes from shoots she's done. Mm. Three, like me, would love children of her own someday. Four, vapes, brackets, not my thing. Five, wants <laughs> to remain near her family in West Kentucky. Six, likes pop punk or whatever panic at the disco is. Of the two, who would you be more inclined to date based on what I have shared? Any wisdom you guys can share would be appreciated. Hope you can make this funny. Too swapped, and that's from Anonymous. I love the edit. Like, there's there's a few additions in there that that are almost un- unnecessary. The fact that she vapes. Yeah. That's an unnecessary fact. But it paints such a picture, more than any other detail could, of that person. Yep. She vapes, not my thing. Not my thing, mate. Like, I, I understand the situation. Yeah. One of my, one of my good friends, uh, one of my D&D compatriots, in fact, vapes. Not my thing. Yeah, yeah. not my thing. Not my thing. Um, I, so I think there might be a third option here for you because both of those sound like a hella drama. Yeah, absolutely. Hella drama. Hella drama to, to happen. Yeah, and, you know, drama is time consuming mm-hmm. and it feels fun sometimes or it, not fun but it feels like uh, the, the, like the, whatever the exciting but not good exciting also bad exciting yeah do, do, do you want do you want like what's how are the, how are these going to play out just think do you want to be listening to future funk or panic at the disco or vaping Yep, absolutely. So I, I'm, and yeah, drinks heavily. You don't drink. Like what you want to find is you almost want to like match dot com it. You want to find yeah. someone who has the same interests as you. You want to find someone who it, maybe also is not into drinking, or maybe drinks lighter than this other person who doesn't vape. It's not your thing. What you want to find is people who have the same interests as you, rather than just sort of like pinning your hopes on two people that live two thousand miles away, and just being like it's either one or two. It's a, it's mm. a coin flip of which one it's going to be. There's a whole. Uh, so it's, you live in Southern California. That's not a small place. Like, there's plenty of women out there. I have one more genuine piece of advice, though. Yeah. I would say, like, so I, did, does the email say if this person has met either of them in person? Oh, it doesn't. So both of those, just because of the geographical location and the Instagram thing, to me, sound like potentially catfishers. So I would just also be wary of that, particularly the second one. Just any kind of relationship, if you haven't met them, and their story is, I've got a sugar daddy, and I'm an Instagram model, and I send you outtakes. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, you know, I, yeah, that sounds like a bit of a scam to me. And the other one, if you've never met them either, could also be a catfisher. So I Absolutely. would, yeah. I completely agree. Uh, this one uh, is a Rusev Hey. Rusev Hey. Comes from uh, Owen from County Tipperary in Ireland. Hi, Luke and Ollie. I've been an after swafter for over a year now, and I really love both the Wrestle Ramble and the YouTube videos. Woo. I never had anything worthy of note to email you guys about until now. A while back on the podcast, you talked about a Swaff Nation member meeting, meeting Keith Lee yes. at an OTT show back in May. Well, I was at the very same <sighs> show. At the intermission, I approached his merch table and was far too nervous to talk to him at first, so I shyly asked to buy one of his t-shirts. Despite my nerves, he was actually quite friendly. He's mm. very friendly. And I asked, when I asked for a photo, he was more than happy to oblige. After the pic, he put his hand out for a firm handshake. As I was walking away, I could... Uh, <clears throat> 
I commended him on a previous match he had at OTT against speedball Mike Bailey of DDT fame, and he seemed genuinely touched by the sentiment. Sidebar, it was a fantastic David vs Goliath match with a mix of high-flying strong style and amazing feats of strength. Basically, this match to me is what Lee vs Ishii is to oh. you guys. After meeting Lee, I went to the bar to grab a few pints, and I had just ordered my drinks when out of the blue came Tomohiro Ishii wearing oh a gym God. shirt, a towel around his neck, shorts, and sandals. Just run. Because this was understandable shocking to me because seeing him out of his ring gear was strange but also just because he'd had a match against Jeff Cobb where they battered the hell out of each other to my amazement he then proceeded to pull a pint for himself behind the bar he was even speaking Japanese to the bar people and they just laughed I pointed this out to my two friends who were with me and they stood there befuddled then the sound of the ring announcer um uh, anyway, that's my Rusev Hey, I don't know where the ring announcer thing goes, it just stops. Anyway, that's my Rusev Hey, sorry for the long email, but I've left a picture of myself and Lee below. I'm even wearing a happy Rusev Day shirt in it. I really that's wish I could have... I really wish I could have gotten a pic of Ishii behind the bar, but I'd be afraid he'd actually come and kill me if I did. It's been amazing to see you guys throw out a small channel to the drive to five, 100,000 subscribers, and now into the future. As I'm a student, I can't afford being a pledgehammer right now, but hopefully someday I will. I mean, you can afford to go to wrestling shows. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Priorities. Um, oh, I would have shown you a picture, but my laptop battery's just died. Oh, you get it. Literally, it's just, the screen's literally oh, just gone. How convenient. Oh, well, let's see, let's see if I can get it up on my phone. Stall for time, will you? Okay. Uh, oh, crap. Um, Ishii, uh, Tomohiro is his first name. Okay, so uh, the the night after that epic Ishii Lee showdown, I went to. It was a two night, you see, and the second one was just down my road in Walthamstow. It's the one you famously, well, we both famously got quite drunk at, and uh, you got lost despite being one tube stop away from your house. Not even a tube stop, a 10 minute walk. And I uh, fell asleep on the tube and went from one end of the Victoria Line right the way to the other and woke up in Brixton. I like how famously is catching on here. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, an in joke with a few of my friends where. No, we told the story on the show as well. Famous, but no, no, the word famous. Oh, I see. Yeah, famously. It's famously. Um, so, yet, yeah, uh, and I at that show, I approached Tomohiro Ishii the night after that excellent match, mm-hmm. and I was quite drunk. Yep. And I asked for a him to do a YouTube intro. Just have to say support Wrestle Talk. I'm Tomohiro Watashiwa Tomohiro Ishii, and he was like, okay, okay, and he was been very happy, and then he went wait for YouTube. Sorry, I shouldn't do an accent. Wait for YouTube, and I said yes. And he went, "No YouTube, no YouTube," mm. and I just felt like a piece of crap. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I even bothered you. Oh, oh and sorry, I ran away. sorry, Mr. Ishii. Yeah. Found the picture. There he is. That's Owen with hey. our boy Keith Lee. That's good. And he, he went for the pink. Looks like got a pink pink shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, we've got the baby blue. Yep. We certainly have. Those are Keith Lee's, Keith Lee's favourite colours. Genuinely are. Uh, baby blue and pink. Yeah, uh, baby yeah. pink, in fact. Baby pink. Uh, so, we've got another uh, quick Rusev hey here from Daryl Perry. I wanted to share a happy Rusev. I know you're pointing the timer towards me, but we only went eight minutes in the first half. So. And overall, yeah, t- this is 20 minutes now. Oh, yeah, I suppose you're still right. Anyway, I wanted to share a happy Rusev hey with you. Do you remember when Vince McMahon was the ECW champion? No. It was like 2007. It was a very bad time. Okay. Uh, well, during his reign, I went to a WWE SmackDown slash ECW taping and saw an amazing fatal four-way involving RVD, Sabu, Tommy Dreamer, and the Sandman. Oh, my God. After the show, I was amongst a crowd of people trying to see the wrestlers. In WWE? 
Yeah, it was like it's in, insane, in their ECW it? Yeah, brand. At yeah, the start. absolutely. Yeah, at the start of the ECW yeah. brand, they did, and that's when uh, Vince was ECW champion. It was a way to get Bobby Lashley over. They're still trying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, ten years later, we're still going at it. Um, Anyway, where are we? Uh, I was amongst a crowd of people trying to see the wrestlers as they left. I was able to briefly greet Tommy Dreamer, get a head bob from uh, Bobby Lashley. He liked my Vince is an extreme sign. And best of all, mm. RVD asked to look at my signs. The other side of the Vince is an extreme sign simply had the letters RV and you guessed it, D. He then <laughs> gave me the wrist tape he wore during his match that he had apparently just cut off. Gross. Uh, and he's actually got a quick wrestle confession which is not from this show, but I'm going to do it anyway. Ollie is nodding at me again to uh, wrap this up, but I'm not going to. Uh, when I was young, my dad would take me and my brother to wrestling shows and would occasionally play wrestle with us. I was a big fan of the Macho Man, and once when I was probably eight or nine years old, I decided to hit the flying elbow from the top rope, brackets, edge of the bed, and got my dad right on the nose. Nice. I don't think it actually broke his nose, but the match stopped because of the bleeding. You've got to work it <laughs> stiff, brother. Lay it in there. A few months after the fight... Is he not even Strong Style? (laughs) Come on, Dad. This was years before Strong Style. (laughs) This was the year of Safe Style. Uh, a few months after the flying elbow incident, my brother and our two closest cousins were wrestling in my brother's room. I forgot who, body, who, who got body slammed by whom. <laughs> it has been 30 plus years, but their foot uh, put a big hole in the wall. Nice. Luckily, it was low enough on the wall that my brother was able to cover it with his pillow. Uh, my dad never knew about the hole until he went to sell the house about six years later. That is from Daryl. P.S. Keep up the consistency. Wait, I've got a wrestling confession. Really? From Saturday. Have you? I completely forgot this, but I will tell it on Saturday's show. Oh, oh, oh I just remembered. Amazing. I remember coming home drunk that night thinking, <laughs> I've got to tell this story. <laughs> and I forgot about it. And I just remembered it there. But we'll have that on the Saturday show. Thank you all for your correspondence. Thank you for emailing in. If I did start reading out that email and turns out we haven't read it on the show please do let me know it's um we get a lot of emails here and we are getting through these emails as best as we can i do apologize if you're still waiting on yours to be read out please do join us on the saturday show head on over to patreon uh, to hear the bonus podcast that we've loaded there including our review of tna unbreakable 2005 but we'll see you on saturday for the wrestle ramble magazine show and the final episode of wos season one uh, which will be coming out on saturday take care i love you goodbye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.